Hurry, hurry, hurry down to Paramnesia Theater. Gather round as four friends share, rewatch, and possibly ruin favorite films from their childhoods. Be sure to come early and get a good parking spot because there's always a good show at the drive-in. Now that'll be $5 a ticket, please. Tonight we're going to be watching The Adventures of Rocky and Bullwinkle, released in the date 2000, which was 22 years ago. That's yeah. terrible. That's awful to think about. <laughs> Y2K. And this movie has a 92-minute running time, so we'll be tortured for 92 minutes. The director is Des McNuff. It looks like McEnough, which is very strange. Wait, was that on the $2 menu? I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Did he ever do anything after this movie he did some other um animated films like kids animated films nothing so that he no would, <laughs> nothing memorable well this is barely Inspiring. memorable yeah yeah the okay. cast includes uh robert de niro which i don't think i need to mention what else he's in he's he's in everything yeah he's a heavy hitter in the movie industry uh renee russo is natalie fatale she's in some other movies that i've seen she was in a movie called buddy which is really the only thing i know her from but it's a gorilla movie oh i vaguely remember that one yes she's done a bunch of other stuff too i think you would recognize her if you saw her face like a documentary i watched a documentary on woodpeckers the other day you think renee russo's in that one well no but you said a gorilla movie no, it's not a documentary. It's is not it? a documentary. It's a fictionalized story of a true story. It's though. a cinematic film. Oh. <laughs> Forget my woodpecker <laughs> comment. Pretty sure the gorilla is a man in a suit, so not realistic. Mm. Oh, definitely not a documentary. <laughs> no. Uh, back to the movie at hand, though. Um, Jason Alexander is also in this. Uh, he was in Seinfeld as George Costanza. He is Boris in this movie it was a box office bomb when it was released in the year of 2000 this was attributed to the film not being fresh enough for young audiences or appealing to the nostalgia of baby boomers because when this original cartoon was released it was like 1959 to the 60s i love the cartoon the cartoon was really good and I think this movie tried to pull in that same crowd that really liked those cartoons, but it was also done early in CG where they were not as good as they are these days. And it looks rough. From what I remember, it's rough looking. I went and saw it at the drive-in. So they got three of my dollars. I don't remember a single thing about the movie. Nothing at all. I don't even remember the squirrel being in it. Maybe he's not. He definitely is. He's gotta be. Well, he's the Rocky of Rocky and Bullwinkle. Yeah, I don't remember this movie at all. Uh, you showed me the picture of the cover, and I was like, that looks kind of familiar. I definitely watched this movie as um, a TV release. Like, it had commercials in between and stuff. So it was a couple years after I think it was actually released. It was on TV, and that's how I saw it. You had me very curious with if it's going to, if they really went for trying to make it like they do in the cartoons, because I feel like there are a lot of different movies out there that involve animation. I'm assuming there's animated characters in this. So I'm curious if it's going to be like a, a Roger Rabbit type situation or a, what's that Brent Frazier one? Monkey Ball or something? Wasn't that one kind of animated? Monkey Ball? Monkey something? Monkey, monkey Paw? Monkey Paw? Monkey Paw? It might have been Puppets. I thought that one was animated. <laughs> this movie does not in any way compare to like Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Like, I mean, that, does not compare that's just at a all. Fucking I'm going to say, well, I mean, I've never heard of this until you brought it up. So I would believe it. I've heard of the cartoon. I had no idea they made a movie, let alone live action. So I, I'm, I'm very, very curious to watch this. The CGI can't be that bad. Godzilla came out the same year. It's bad. 
because they also went the like I, from what i remember they went cartoony with it so like you know how the original cartoon is very black mm. outlines and colors and stuff like that so the cgi tries to emulate that and it's not good do they include the wacky sound effects like they did in the old cartoon i don't recall but i do know like the props for it are very cartoonish like i think they have bombs that are very cartoon bombs with like the twist thing to time it and it's got a little fuse and oh man okay and I'm the so costumes excited. for like the people in real life the live actors are very cartoonish so the practical effects should be pretty good Compared to the CGI effects, now I guess. Ho- now I'm hoping it's like a mashup of Who Framed Roger Rabbit and the live-action Mario Brothers. That would make this <laughs> mm. like kind of perfect. So I- I'm pretty stoked to see what's going on here. Cause, like, I, the costume in the world of Mario was what made it its best part. So, I mean, if they could do ridiculous costumes live-action and then add in animation as well. I think that could be really fantastic. It's one of those movies that's it's so bad it's good. It's my is impression. it is it good though or is it just bad i don't think it is it's good. just so bad and so it's just gonna be bad so rocky and bullwinkle are somehow cartoons existing in the real world don't know how that happened i don't remember that part but i think there's some sort of like they pull get pulled out of the cartoon world yes they like get that. yeah 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 they're not like from here right they, yeah they come in, okay yes yeah that's isn't that space good. jam that's yes. also space jam so okay. this is also like concept think of this as basically sonic the space Hedgehog. jam 2 is there a Sonic movie? Yeah. I think is so. Is there? Yeah. yeah, Jim Carrey is the... Oh, the new oh, one. Oh, it's new, yeah. The new... I'm not, I, but it's the same There's idea. an old one, too, isn't there? No. I don't know. Maybe an animated... No one tried an to... animated um, Sonic cartoon from, like, the 80s. Yeah, but that's fire. That is really good. <laughs> I used to have a book, too. Mm. I really liked that book. It had an underground tunnel in it. It was a picture book. I was a kid. (laughs) Okay. I was about to ask if there were images. (laughs) Some other plot things that I remember from this movie. Rocky, I think, loses his confidence to be able to fly. And somehow that's a conflict. I don't remember exactly. But I remember him doubting himself being able to do that. And that's like his main thing. And then we got the bad guys, Boris and Natalie, who are Rene Russo and Jason Alexander, and they're trying to steal something, something valuable. That's always how these things go. It's very much like the cartoon plot where, you know, they're looking for the gem under the lake in some thing, and they've got to drain the lake somehow. Is that um, her name, Natasha? Natasha? What did I say? Natalie? Natalie? Natasha? Yes, Whatever. it is Natasha. Is it? I switched okay. names on her. I feel like, oh, I made a note here that I thought Boris would be better as Danny DeVito. I don't know why. I feel like he would have been a better Boris. That's who I keep picturing in Me my too. head. Me <laughs> too. Yeah. I ignored whatever you said and replaced Danny DeVito. I know you said the guy from Seinfeld, and yeah. I was like, eh. See, <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I picture the guy from the Mario movie. Chris Pratt? N- oh, sad. <laughs> Tim's Sorry. like, not my Mario. <laughs> no. Um, oh man, he what was is his in name? Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. same uh, guy, same guy. That's who I like to picture. Oh, some more things that I recall. I think Bullwinkle swims in Olympics. Maybe the moose. Oh wow! Well, I think he swam. Yeah, because he swam in college, didn't he? Something like that. Like he, at what's the matter? He you? swims in an Olympic pool. What? I remember that Bullwinkle's and college that he went to. He's an alma mater of what's the matter? You. Oh. It's true. So you, Is you that a setup? I, I don't remember the movie. I, I remember it from the cartoon. It sounds oh, like that's okay. a setup to like a who's on first, what's on second thing. But that's just it just hangs there. Do they ever close? That's not a joke. That's just what they... That, that's, that's the university okay. that he All went right. to. I'm pretty sure officially is what's a matter <laughs> university. 
Yeah. What's the matter you? What's the matter you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I also thought there should be a response. I was like, there's part of the joke I'm not getting. <laughs> Who's there? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to believe that he even went to college because he is dumb. He is not a smart moose. And he's a moose. And he's a moose. So, oh, I went to college. I'm like two steps down from a moose and stupid, so. Who's to say Bullwinkle graduated? I don't know. Maybe the cartoon. Do you have to graduate to be an alum? Yes. No. Can you just have gone there? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I thought you had no, to graduate. You got to graduate. Yeah, you have to graduate from the school to be an alumni. Tim with the quick facts. I was just really curious about that, too. I got stuck on that. You should be our fact checker. Oh, yeah. Designated fact checker. Fuck yeah. I also just say things that I say are fact, and I have no basis. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, that's real. Of course it is. And so I'm proven wrong. I'm like, oh, well. That's so good to know 25 years into our friendship. <laughs> you just Some things are facts, but most of the times I'm just like, well, I think that, so I'll just say it's true. Bullwinkle went to Wasamatau, a play on Wasamatau, and he put, he went on a football scholarship. That, that makes, makes more, more sense. sense. Yeah. He's a moose. Yeah. That's are right. Are good at football? <laughs> no, but they're fucking huge. If they tackled you, you'd be down. You'd just die. Seems really unfair. I'm interested now in seeing the size comparison that they they uh, give us in the movie. Because, yeah, a moose is so big. And a mm-hmm. squirrel is so small. Rocky's <laughs> definitely a bigger squirrel than our squirrels. But I think uh, Bullwinkle is, like, probably seven foot, I think, compared to people standing next to him. But he stands up on his hind legs. Right, yeah. He's humanoid. A real moose on its hind legs. It's like eight. Nine, twelve. I don't know. It's They're huge, so right? They're, They're so gigantic. They're probably seven feet, not on two legs. You know at, that at one least. scene in Adventure Time where the deer takes off his hooves and like twiddles his fingers? That's how I feel about a moose standing up on its hind legs. I don't remember that part. Oh, it's great. That's awesome. I this show is fascinating. I'm reading ten things you probably didn't know about Rocky and Bullwinkle. Yeah, we probably don't know them. Bullwinkle is originally from the state of Musylvania, a small island in the Lake of the Woods, and is actually its governor. So Bullwinkle's the governor. The ownership of this state is subject of dispute between the United States and Canada, with each country claiming it belongs to the other. As a publicity stunt, Warden Bill Scott, the show's head writer and voice of Bullwinkle, bought a small island on a Minnesota lake, named it Musylvania, and started a national tour and petition to campaign for Musylvania's statehood. After visiting 50 cities and collecting signatures, they went to Washington to President Kennedy with their petition. At the White House, they declared, We are here to see President Kennedy. We want statehood for Musylvania. And they were escorted from the property at gunpoint. That's less about the show and more about that weird guy that wrote it. That's strange that you would Also, he bought it from Canada, but now he made it a U.S. state. Or try to make it a U.S. state. He's the only one that lives there. I, Why I, didn't he go to Canada? No, it's in a Minnesota lake. It's in. The oh, oh. I think I heard Manitoba, which I don't know where that is, but I know it's in Canada. They live in Frostbite Falls, Minnesota. All right, so what other factuals do you have? Or Mostly I remember a fair amount of, like, very dated Russian spy, like, comrade, da. Like, that kind of language is thread throughout the whole movie um i mean obviously natasha and boris are supposed to be russian spies and like rocky and bullwinkle are the all-american watchers and protectors of freedom and democracy like that's that's very prevalent in everything that was this made the cold war the source material is 
that's it. Like that's the concept. That's so like very to bring it yeah. into two thousand is like very strange and dated to see. Mm. They're gonna be making the third one real soon. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> the sequel's coming very soon. Maybe we should drop this in Ukraine as like a training video. How to beat the Russians. Mooses and Just squirrels. Be a flying squirrel and a big dumb moose. <laughs> and get get yourself a moose. I think the only other thing I really remember from this movie is there is a live-action female actress who is, like, the hot girl, and she somehow is an ally to Rocky and Bullwinkle is in some Brendan way. Is Brendan Fraser in this movie? No. I have oh, no, no recollection a, of that. He's in Dudley D. Wright, isn't he? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm so confusing these. Are they even in the same world? Um, that's what I'm thinking of is Dudley Cartoons. That's it. That's that's the realm. Oh that I think wow! I have no idea about this. Who's Dudley? You guys don't know Dudley, do right? Also, I no, heard that's the a name. Guy. He's like the Canadian, the Canadian good, Captain good America. Boy. Oh yeah, that works. What? Like I he's mean, like a Monty? No, he's, he's mounted. Stu- yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's real, real dumb. And he's got a stupid horse. Oh, oh, I right. do know. Yeah, that was like the little cartoons that were part of Rocky and Bullwinkle. There were other stories that were like sprinkled. Yeah, in. they're yeah. same universe. I feel. Yeah, I think you're right, because you're right, they did have little cutaways to different yeah. stories and cartoons. Old cartoons always had that. It I was forgot very, about that. Yeah. Because I, I used to have Rocky and Bullwinkle, like, a VHS tape with some old cartoons on it, the original cartoons. And they did. They had Dudley, now that I recall. Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> Put them somewhere else. We actually have a VHS of Rocky and Bullwinkle, I think, in the next room. Five. Oh, yeah, it's a box set. Mm-hmm. Oh, but wow. They also stream on something, or they did a few years ago. The original cartoon does? Yeah. I've yeah, been wow. watching them on, wasn't it Boomerang for, like, ever? They were on Boomerang? Yeah, that was the old yeah. cartoon channel. I loved that channel. They had the best it. stuff, like the Smurfs. Oh, yeah. So mm. cool to watch that. Y- yeah, weird to go back to now. But, yeah, that was a fun show. I think Boomerang has its own streaming service now, too. Or it's like one of those ones that's part of another one. Like it's not Disney, but if you buy Disney, it comes oh, with Oh, it's other. a package it's deal. A, I think it's one of those. Yeah, Dudley Do-Right was originally a supporting character on Rocky and Bullwinkle. But he did get his own show. And a movie. Yeah, six seasons in a movie. Was Brendan Fraser Dudley I vaguely Dudley remember Do-Right? that movie. <laughs> I think he probably was probably. the lead. Brendan Fraser when he was, was hot. There. I love him. It was He's like, great. Yeah, back in the Mummy days. It was definitely before Mummy days and pre... Uh, Journey to the Center of the Earth. Oh, my God. Dudley Do-Right might be the reason there was a Rock and Bullwinkle movie, because Dudley Do-Right came out in 99. Oh, my God. That would make sense, because that, wow. that, that was a hit. It I remember, was. Like, I think I saw that one in theater, or maybe drive-ins. It might have been drive-ins. I have but no memory of this movie. I remember... I think I saw a trailer for it. We were excited to see it. I think it was because my parents related to it and like kind of knew it, so they were yeah, that's you know, like what Anna was excited saying, that we know? were excited about it because they were like, oh, we recognize this. Didn't help with Rocky and Bullwinkle though. Oh, it fucking bombed so hard. Dudley did so hard, and then they tried to make it better by bringing out Rocky and Bullwinkle. Ten million dollars is all it brought in domestically. On a $22 million budget. So it lost 12 mil. Oh, my God. Rocky did better than that. They made $35 million out of a $76 million budget. So they did a little better. I mean, That's they lost a lot. They lost more. They, but, lo- they, I mean, they lost a lot. I don't think those types of numbers really add anything to the value or in the stat. Like, I don't think they can count toward 
like at least what we're doing with it. Like it's an interesting fact, but like I don't know if it's a movie you love. Like, if it's a movie you love, it's a movie you love until we rewatch it now and ruin it. Well, okay, for so ourselves. At the beginning, you mentioned that we have to. You 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 were saying like we're gonna have to struggle through this or something. I think you used that word. So I'm curious, like did. Is it that you did enjoy this and you just want us to watch it because you know we haven't seen it and you're curious what we think, or like you are you excited to rewatch it? Well, like I said, I haven't watched it in a really long time. I don't know if I said that when we were recording, but I haven't watched it in a really long time, and I remember enjoying it, but I was also probably like seven years old, and something that you enjoy when you're seven, you may not enjoy when you're almost thirty. Oh, very true. Yeah. And I always enjoy movies that are bad because, I don't know, there's there's more to entertain you. When it's a good movie, you're just like, oh, this is really good. When it's bad, you're like, oh, my God, do you see what they picked for that costume? That's terrible. I would never do that. Or, wow, I can see the boom mic. Like, I don't know. That's just more fun to me. You do like bad movies. I do. I know you do. The Listen. only other thing that I can really remember is I know that both of uh, Rocky and Bullwinkle make it to the Hollywood sign in California at one point. There's a big scene. I think that's when Rocky flies, like he after he's doubted himself this whole movie that he couldn't do it. Spoilers. It's a conflict. It's not really a spoiler. He'd be real disappointed if he saw our flying squirrels. They're not blue and they don't wear those little aviation goggles. And they don't fly. Yeah. Yeah, he's got like jet propulsion. That that guy doesn't How fly. How does that work? Well, he's a cartoon. It's farts. Gross. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it. I'm glad you did, though. I'm sure that's what it was. Yep. What else could it be? First, Bullwinkle has to blow him up like a balloon. Just shoves as much air down his throat as possible, and he stores it in his little tum-tum. And then like he just Shrek. releases it out the exhaust pipe to get some to get some speed. I was thinking of Shrek when Fiona blows up the uh, frog like a balloon. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. All my other notes here are, like, pretty much the concept of the 50s-era Red Scare is very prevalent. Um, and at the time that this movie was released, that's very outdated for the younger intended audience. And then I mentioned that the uh, heroes have an ally in a hot girl, which like always seems to provide this sex appeal that's in kids' movies. I'm not even sure why they always do that, but there's got to be a love interest. So there's some blonde girl that's the uh, the hero's ally, and she's hot, I guess. That's her role. But that's pretty much it. Rocky's uh, always leaves Bullwinkle some really important task, and he's incompetent and messes it up. And that's usually a lot of the conflict. Just like a lot of governors. Yes. It's all adding up now. Yes. Oh, leave Bullwinkle alone. He tries real hard. He gets the job done. If the job is to mess up everything, he does do that. Maybe it is. And Rocky doesn't tell him that knowing that he's going to mess it up. Or Rocky is too afraid of doing it himself, so he says, Bullwinkle, if you mess up, it's your fault, not mine. Oh, man. Oof. Deep. Wow. That's kind of mean. I never thought of Rocky like that. Okay. Well, what does IMDb have to say about this particular film? So, out of 10, it's a 4.2. Okay. Not great. Not great. Yeah. Not the worst. It, it could do better. Better than Morbius. I think any movie is probably better than Morbius. Way more curious going back. What is Dudley do right compared to the Rocky and Bullwinkle? Because you, you said it just totally ate shit. But like, how much worse or or better than Rocky and Bullwinkle? It is officially 
1.3 stars worse than Rocky and Bullwinkle. Okay, now, one step further, was it the same studio? I'm curious if they were like, no, we'll save this. We'll rally with Rocky and Bullwinkle. Who is the director for Dudley? Is it Des? It is Hugh Wilson. Oh. Okay, I can't figure out who the fuck made this movie. I mean, who owns the rights for all those cartoons? That'd be the studio that makes it. I don't know that either. I never know how those work out. Yeah, if it's like people are paying for the licensing or they're like, if if it's like actually from the studio or if someone's paying to use it or... Here's some comforting news. Yeah. George of the Jungle scored higher than every other movie that we've mentioned. As it should have. Dudley Do-Right was distributed by Universal Pictures. Okay. I think Rocky and Bullwinkle is also Universal. And the Mummy. Crazy enough, The Mummy came out the same year. Oh, wow. As George of the Jungle? As Dudley Do-Right. Oh. It was released two days before my birthday, 1999, so we might have seen it on my birthday. Wow, it's got Sarah Jessica Parker in there. What? We need Studded to do this as cast. A, yeah, we need to do this as a follow-up. I, I think names. that movie for Dudley probably did better only because it's all live action rather than like partly animated and partly mm. live action. Yeah, you're probably right. Oh, it's got Doc Ock in it, too. Oh, cool. Alfred Molina. Yeah. Yes. Okay, what is IMDb's final synopsis? I didn't do a synopsis because I oh, didn't right want to remind myself too much of the plot. Show starts in one minute. Do we want to go watch this movie then? Yeah, let's go watch let's it. Let's do it. We're happy to have you with us this evening and want you to enjoy every minute of your stay here. And while you relax and stretch, visit our concession where you'll find something to please you. There are ice cold drinks, delicious sandwiches, ice cream, coffee and snacks, and many other pleasing treats. Our foods are fresh and tasty, our drinks satisfying and refreshing. Well, (laughs) that was not exactly how I remembered it at all. There was a lot of interesting things in there that um, I really liked the fourth wall breaking, like pretty much everywhere. I think every other line was like them breaking the fourth wall and be like, oh, yeah, this is a movie about us. Yeah, cartoons. I love a good fourth wall break. <laughs> I kind of enjoyed it. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun to sit and watch it with you guys. I definitely had some genuine good ha-has. Like there were some moments I wrote down that, that really got me good. Uh, I think overall... Um, Wolf, uh, pretty rough, <laughs> but there were some moments in there um, that were good. I genuinely enjoyed my time watching it. I, I had a blast. You said that. You I said enjoyed, that you. I enjoyed the puns. A... I enjoyed the people. You know, it was the animation with the rocky or with rocky and bullwinkle was fucking awful especially when they interacted with people yeah when the the first scene opened up and we first saw him i mean i was like oh it's that kind of animated like that was rough the roughest part was that it was like why were they going 3d like that that was uncomfortable yeah it was unnecessary because like they did the cartoon weasel which i thought looked very good against the background when they were shooting him with the decartoonification ray but like rocky definitely like too smooth everything was just too smooth on him where he looked fake and 
I mean, Bullwinkle had those black lines that were his fur. Oh, like, that looked him. so weird. It looked really bad. I did not like that at all. The texture technology was not there. <laughs> yeah. There it was- is a bold move to put two different styles of animation in a movie yeah. with no explanation at all. They also had that mole that was in the Oval Office that was like a full costumed <laughs> really little mole that. in loved a suit. It. it was really adorable, but I was like, oh, I didn't realize it was in here. Yeah, no, that yeah. that was surprising. Early on, Tim, you said, is this airplane? And you were right. Like, that felt a- like airplane. More at the beginning, though. It kind of faded off that vibe so much. So one of the notes I made for the beginning this movie has such a long and slow start. It seems like it took them a long time. It was like the setup was like, well, how do we let them know why we're in this universe? Like we have to have the characters explain it because the audience won't understand why they're now here. So like the narrator is taking a, a huge, it's going back and forth between the narrator and, and conversation between Rocky and Bowinkle talking. And it's just like 15 minutes of setup just to explain why this is gonna happen and that just felt awkward and then like moving through the movie it's like so we have a slow start and then there's all these good little gags but it ends up becoming more like this giant skit show that takes place over a time frame of a movie yeah there was no in terms of plot like it was very loosely put together it just went from one I guess that kind of follows the cartoon, though. It goes from one blunderous thing to the next. Well, they kept saying, like, oh, here's another coincidence that's occurring that's helping the story move forward in a way that we can't just do the same thing over and over. Like, when they came across the airplane salesman, I wish we had an airplane. And then there it is, right there, to buy an airplane. I think that was genius. I I had a lot of fun with that. They set up a lot of the plot lines like that, where they're like, I wish something would happen, and then it did. Which is fine. Yeah, because it it had to, because the movie was going nowhere. They drove through the same town three fucking times, (laughs) like back and forth and back and forth. They had three days to shoot there, and they were going to soak it all in. They really took advantage. The humor was a lot like it was back in the day, though, especially with Rocky and Bullwinkle, which was which was pretty. The cartoon nice. humor was exactly how it was in the show. Yeah, I feel like I did myself a slight disservice by not maybe trying to find some old clips of Rocky and Bullwinkle to have some sort of standard set. I don't think it would have mattered. I no. think it's nice no. that you have a fresh take. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but there were definitely times where I was trying to remember, like, is this humor relevant? Like, are in the same vein at all to what it was? Or I don't know. Everything with Bullwinkle is like exactly what he would say or act like in the cartoon. The okay. rest, I don't know. I don't remember the rest that much. Yeah, like when he was talking about like, and then in a circle, and then two circles make a butterfly, and, and like yeah. the way he was like explaining it, that's very much how the show was like. Yeah, and the way he was, like, accidentally the hero at the end. Yeah. Like, that's very much Bullwinkle, too. He always yeah. kind of saves the day for no real reason. By Not being a blundering yeah. idiot, idiot. <laughs> he still manages to defeat everyone and save the day. I want to know who the fuck was that weasel that they disintegrated? That was graphic. That was... I, I, I was hated a, that. Yeah, it was a little... Uh, he was surfing the web, though. He was fine. They, he was enjoying it. Yeah, they didn't know what good service they did for that weasel. So now he's in the internet. Totally switching subjects from the weasel. I was like, okay, so because the writing was all over the place, I was like, and it was, seemed like a bunch of bits, I was like, maybe it was just like a bunch of like 
comedy writers or something. So this was done by Kenneth Lonergan is the writer. He's a playwright, screenwriter, and director. Uh, known for films such as what he did two years after this in 2002, Gangs of New York. What a wildly diverse transition. Wow. 2000, he also wrote, You Can Count on Me. And ironically, that's like the second sentence in his, his IMDb is like, his film, You Can Count on Me, which he wrote and directed, was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Screenplay, won the Sundance 2000 Grand Jury Prize, and Waldo Salt Screenwriting Award. And I'm sorry, this is also a movie that he... It's, How does writing credits there's work? No, I feel like there's a, I'm being misled. Yeah, there's no actual reason why this movie did as bad as it did, I think. There's a lot of good people in it. Like, the writing is not good. The CGI is not good. But, like, it's a I've movie. seen so many worse movies than this movie. It is enjoyable. I had a fun time watching it. I, I laughed. I laughed quite a few times. Right, did you... Key points. What were, like, key, key... Did you have, like, key laughs or, like, key things that really stuck out to you? That would have been a really good thing to write down. But <laughs> no. All right. So, <laughs> I'm just... I had a few things right off the bat. Opening scene randomly has a half naked girl in it to explain Velcro. Yeah, that yeah. that that's a wild. That's that a did two, shock that's me a, when I saw it a bit. It was in like thirty seconds. All of a sudden, there's a girl down and just like skivs, and I was like, "What? It, why is this? This is a kids movie, Think right?" About, you got to remember the it really two, early two thousands, man. They were the, Everybody was they naked. were the horniest times but ever in the world. It also yep. threw me off in a way where. I'm starting to like, I'm like, if this was kind of like the common theme in different movies and stuff, I now understand why my parents were so guarded because they didn't realize that I wasn't seeing any of that. That's just all they saw because that's what, for whatever, you know, I guess sticks out to you as an adult for some reason. I don't know. But so that stuck out to me where I was just like, that's an odd choice. Bullwinkle covers up his nose to stop his antlers from picking up the radio signal. That, <laughs> that one confused me. I thought that was a odd choice of mechanics there. It's the button to his radio. And for how much... But it wasn't but, like, boop. It wasn't like he booped it. He like put his hand over his nose as though that like was shutting off the, the signal. So I was like, so he's going to have to cover his nose through tons of important parts throughout the movie because they've set this as a bar. And they and they took so long and so many times throughout the whole movie explaining little bits and like f- making sure you understood that that was what was happening that I assumed it was meant for something, but then it never was touched again. No. But I was waiting for it. Like I thought it was going to be some sort of a thing. Um, a next line that I thought was really funny was that line with Robert De Niro, are you talking to me? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Where, uh, it's, uh, that. Man, that had me going real good. Um, I think that one's been memed a lot. Like I feel like that one's made its rounds on the internet. Oh, okay. I, if it has, and I've if seen it. I haven't it, noticed it yet. Exactly. I was yeah. like, now it's, it's going to be like when you get a new car and suddenly you just see it everywhere in every mm-hmm. parking lot. I hope I see this meme everywhere now. Okay. I do have like my celebrity best line was Whoopi when she uh, was like, don't you know, celebrities are above the law. Oh, <laughs> just, yeah. I like how much this movie actually made fun of like Hollywood and the people in it. Like it didn't hold back from being like, these people are fucking stupid. The yeah. part with the green this. lighthouse confused the shit out of me for a good while. And then I was like, oh shit, it's the green light from Hollywood. <laughs> Yeah. Like your, oh your my thing God. got greenlit. Oh yeah, God. I didn't catch oh, that at all. I couldn't figure it out. I was like, "What?" I had no idea either. I was like, I was "What is the lighthouse hard. doing?" That's hilarious. I was hung up on the lighthouse part. It was a big green light that came and brought yeah. Rocky yeah. and Bullwinkle back into the real world. That was 
Damn, you guys just got wow. that now. I wouldn't have got it unless it was pointed out. I was just oh, like, man. what an odd choice. I thought it was a studio. I thought there was some studio that was called the Green Light House, and then I was missing that. And I was like, oh, they're doing like a play out thing. That's cool. But I had no idea at all. One thing that I, going back to the moose and his antlers and his nose, a moment that did not hold up is Bullwinkle say, I was just getting jiggy with it. Oof, I missed yeah. that. Oh, oh yeah. it was glad bad. I missed yeah. that. Listening I to rap music down. and saying that. <laughs> I almost oh. wrote down, oh my God, the 90s. <laughs> yeah. Woof. And I'm really John Goodman. That was that so was funny. That was a great line. Yeah. That was hilarious. And then followed very quickly by John Goodman. They're animals. They'll forage. <laughs> that one guy like, gets savage. That. John Goodman stole the movie for me with just the few bits that he was in. He was just so good. Like, that's all I kept thinking about for a while. It's just like, man, he was just really good. Like, is that a reference I don't get? N- no, it's just the. W- it's just the. Like, oh, okay. How he presented it is just like a boring, obvious fact. Like, <laughs> it's just like, a moose and a squirrel. They I can thought sh- it was a reference. It. Yeah, it's a moose and a squirrel. It's like these are cartoon characters. They don't have to survive out there. He's like, it's, it's a moose. They're animals. They'll they'll do it. Like it's just I don't know. It's can it the. Uh, Obliviousness to the situation, I guess, was what I found humorous there. Ignoring the humanoid moose that's standing in front of you and just like, they're fine. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. obviously like people. You know, they're talking, they have emotions. Like, it's odd. <laughs> they're animals. Right? So, like, this brings up the point Is this something that commonly happens in this world? Because no one was shocked to see this cartoon or kind of cartoon moose and squirrel. Not one person reacted like, oh, my God, well, a uh, fucking moose and squirrel. No, they were, oh, my God, it's you guys from it's that show guys. I love. Yeah, and then people that didn't know them were like, oh, it's a moose and a squirrel. They'll forage. Why were the bad guys real-life people? Because they came from the TV? Well, They addressed that at one point, too. They I were like, it. why aren't we cartoons? And they just, like, skated past it and were like, we're not going to explain that. What if okay. we're missing the part that it's just that... Those the, it, the reason it was 3D is they, it was supposed to be representative of they were real to everyone else in that world. It's just that the graphics are so terrible, it just looked like it was 3D cartoons. But that's why it was a separate 3D and not 2D animation was we were supposed to believe that those were real animals. I guess it would be better than putting an actual moose and an actual squirrel on my TV and pretending. Like a Milo and Otis deal yeah. or Mr. Ed type thing. But what I don't understand, <laughs> in the beginning, Boris and Natasha... They dig a tunnel underground, and then they pop up in Hollywood. They pop up in a TV in Hollywood. They're not even out yeah, so in the that, real world so, yet. Yeah, exactly. So that makes less sense to me that's, than anything. That's what I was led to believe, too, is they just popped up inside of the television. That's what it looked like. They yeah. had that lady there who you couldn't remember where she was from. Yeah, we should Google her. Yeah, she's from her character's uh, name Wet was Hot American Summer. Mindy? Minnie. Minnie. That is Janine Garofalo. Yes. Very famous actress. Oh, her name is. Very she is known to me. for many things, including what I will tell you in a moment. <laughs> Metalocalypse. Bojack Horseman. Sorry, that's oh. the first thing I went to. Wow. Is she the writer lady? No, that's no. Isn't she like one of the agents? I think she's an it's agent. Been so long, I've seen that show. Um, broad, it got too sad. Broad City. The it did get. It got real. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I can't watch this. I'm trying to go. I feel like I know her from longer back, and I'm not doing a good job. She's from this. Ratatouille. Oh, that's definitely where I remember that. Okay, I remember she's from the West Wing. 
Criminal Minds, maybe? No. I've definitely seen her in Criminal Minds. Yeah. For also, sure. who was Karen? Is she famous? A young blonde. She probably was in another movie, but I don't think she stayed around like some of the other girls from the 90s. Okay. Is this where you just say stuff and it's not, <laughs> you oh, don't she's know? she's a voice in I don't think she was in, have you seen her in anything else? I've seen her in maybe one other movie, that blonde. I don't know. That was she Karen. looks so familiar. Mystery Men. What the fuck is that? Hold on, hold on. I gotta add that to my list. It's a good, it's a great movie. I'm just gonna leave it right there. I don't want to go any further. I don't want to ruin it. Okay, cool. Karen is in a a ton of things. Who is she? I think she's been in a horror movie at least. I feel like she's a good horror girl. She's currently in the show Yellowstone and Billions and Penny Dreadfuls. Penny Dreadful, I remember from that. I watch Penny Dreadful. What is she in that? <sighs> She's the voice of Ursula in Kiki's Delivery Service. No way. That's mm. cool. She plays Linda Craft in Penny Dreadful. I forgot about that show. I was super into that show for a while. and I, I remember that. I totally forgot about it. Wow. I watched a few episodes. I was trying to figure out why I recognized the, uh, I think it was a helicopter pilot. That was Jonathan Winters. Who was he? He's super famous. Um, he's won one primetime Emmy, and he's got a slew of awards. Uh, won one Emmy, won a comedy award, Lifetime Achievement Award in comedy winner, DVDX Award winner, Golden Globe nominee for Best Actor in It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. Oh, he was Papa Smurf and the Smurfs and Smurf 2. Oh, we were just talking about the Smurfs. So there were some interesting things that I noted just from like trying to remember what the movie was and what I got right. Like I did remember um, there was a hot girl ally that helped the heroes. I didn't remember that she was an FBI agent, but... But she almost didn't need no man. Almost. Almost. I know. I don't know why they threw in that prison guard at the end there. She had to get out of prison. Really? Yeah, but like she fell in love with him because she went back. Hmm. I feel like they had her in business suits all the time. Mm-hmm. There was one scene that was the tight leather, and that was when she hit the trampoline and flew 100 feet up in the air. <laughs> that was awesome, by and the way. And took the trampoline with her when yeah. she was done. Just in time, when they were only five feet away from seeing it. That's some real D&D shit. That, that's something a that D&D was D&D D&D player yeah. would, would play. <laughs> can, I, can I trampoline up to the top? And you're like, no, it's like 100 feet. <laughs> like, but, I'm going to roll for it anyways? Like, all right, yeah. <laughs> like, all right. And I'm like, I got a 27 somehow. You're like, what? Like, I, ju- I do it. A jump to the top. Yeah. Well, okay, will they see the trampoline? No, uh, 27. I, I pull it up after me. <laughs> you got to roll for that. Nat 20. Ha! <sighs> yeah, they don't see it. They bump into each other instead. I feel like they didn't, like, um, use the typical, like, attractive female lead in a manner that they could have. Like, they, I feel like they would nowadays if they did a movie. I feel like the outfits would have been much skimpier. wouldn't have been, like, yeah, she's a, she's in pantsuit. She's an FBI agent. She has to look professional. This is technically the case that she has been instructed to work. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Right. And be like, well, we need to, like, keep the male audience involved. So I just think they did – I think it was a good a job that they did. I don't know. Well, they yeah, had no. Natasha there for the sex appeal. I mean – she yeah. was always dressed to the nines. All like, of, Dude. I'm saying it. She's not very pretty. That's Thor's mom. Oh, from shit. From all the Marvel Well, she movies. looks better in that. 
I think she looks good as Natasha. I, I think, think she looked makeup. good. No, she was stylish. Yeah. Overall, the I, outfits were very well done for yeah. her. You, you commented yeah. on that at yeah. one point, and yeah, it's true. Like very frequently, from scene to scene, they were putting her in a different dress with different accessories, and there was always like a lot going on, which is really cool. Yeah. And I feel like it was really true to the cartoon because she like I think she had all those outfits. Yeah, she dressed up like she, she was always like wearing outfits. furs and boas, yep. and yeah, she was dressed up. It was very like. Cruel-esque, like villainous yeah. style, which I, I I like that. That it made her feel more villainous, like doing that thing with the yeah. outfits. I think yeah. it would have been, it would have felt much more cartoon if they'd kept her in the same outfit the entire time. Right. I think it was actually <laughs> well done to like. They even changed Jason Alexander's outfit like a lot. Oh, did they? I didn't yeah. notice that. His was, it was subtle always, changes. Yeah, though. it was always a black jacket, but like you pointed out, the one time he had frills like on the under pockets. And then his next one was like just straight denim and shit. Like which, they, they changed it. Which character is that guy? Boris. He was the Boris. um cowboy. He was in the desert and he had fringe hanging from his arms. He was the bad guy. George from Costanza. Seinfeld. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Yes. <laughs> and they did they did change his teeth for sure. Like that was a teeth overlay. That was not his real teeth at okay, all. Okay. Yeah. Because there was a couple times where I seen him smile and I was like, whoa, what is happening there? Before we Wait. go further on teeth. Okay. I just wanted to agree with one of your earlier points about them not overly sexualizing Karen. They didn't do it to Natasha either. Like, overall, besides the first girl that they were like, Velcro, here's some tits. The movie wasn't sexualized at all, which is much different than these days. I wanted to go back, actually, uh, when we were talking about Natasha. I wrote down, I feel like Mela Kunis could have played her. And also uh, Tammy, too, from Parks and Rec. I don't remember her name. Mm. She's also in Will and Grace. Yeah. Mila Kunis would have been a good one. Mila Kunis would have worked married that. to Nick Offerman. Yeah. I don't remember her name. Would it have worked for 2000? No. I mean, she would have. Okay. Nick, no. She would be yeah. like, yeah. yeah, yeah. Fucking if they were to try to do this old. again, which they might because they like to do that. Take well, she was like 16. Maybe. She would have looked. In 2000? Yeah. Because she was in that 70s show. Uh-oh. In 99, I think it came out. And she was like 14 when she started doing that. Right on. And then speaking of teeth also, on an HD TV, you can really see actors' teeth. And A, Robert De Niro's mouth jacked the fuck up. Oh, I was definitely like, yeah, he must have had some work done after the fact. Or yeah, had to. Post this movie, I feel. Karen's teeth, her front like six, very white. Past that, very yellow. Her mouth gets super not the same color when you go in. Well, so I did not notice that. The okay. UFO things that I've been watching, there's a lot of people from Europe, and there's this one specialist from Australia, and so I've seen some really horrific teeth in the last couple of weeks. So I didn't, I was mostly just like, oh, those are a little, on the, they could be better, but it, the shock value has been stolen. <laughs> right. <laughs> you were used to the jacked up teeth right now. Yeah. Um, did you guys notice that the flip phone had FaceTime? Yeah, that was that was ahead of its time right there. <laughs> that was there. way that was. ahead of its time. No one had a video phone in 2000. And the, the picture was pretty clear. It looked pretty good. <laughs> yeah. They edited it that way. <laughs> yeah. I was shocked at how upset I got where I was just like, you couldn't have used your imaginations to just make some sort of video phone you had to take a flip phone that already exists and put a screen i don't know for some reason my i and i saw myself getting upset at and i was like this is the dumbest thing you can be mad about but for some reason that's i was like you have it's like a cartoon world you're blending you could have done like so much you had this giant machine that made people all that money for the rocky and bullwinkle cgi shit they didn't have money to make a fake facetime thing 
It's true. The scenes alone where Rocky's like flying through the air probably took like half the budget. I mean, to be able to do that in a real landscape in 2000 must have been pretty difficult and expensive. The wire work when he's flying around with uh, the FBI agent is pretty (laughs) lackadaisical. Yeah. Um, (laughs) That is, yeah. You really wonder sometimes if people are use their imagination at all and they like see it and and like you're like you you understand it's not flying it's like barely even floating like i i just don't see how they can't see that ahead of time i don't know i've never done it the worst part is but they never they didn't even put a fan like blowing on her hair no she did she i noticed her hair was was blowing around a little bit not as much as it should have been my mind has it like no straight down but I thought she did a really good job, considering she was probably just in a green room. Oh, I think with she did a fantastic like, job, like acting, because like all her scenes were with absolutely nothing, except when she stared at Bullwinkle's junk. Yeah, that was kind of could have been done better. But I think when she re- reacted with Rocky, it was way easier to believe that she was there. Whereas with Bullwinkle, like she didn't know where to look. Yeah. that's why she was looking at his crotch when he first it appeared. Was it was like, oh, okay. Because, I don't know, it's harder to see that, I guess, than a small little squirrel she sh- on the ground. She still should have known to look up, though. Like I don't think we can blame her. The director should have been giving her better cues. There should have been something better physically for her to understand to look at. Like, or just, he's taller than you are when you are squatting. Like, just look up. It's a good point. <laughs> and, I mean, she did nail Rocky, mm-hmm. like, yeah. right in the eyes, and then just moved right over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like, you, you gotta know he's taller than that. like Than the squirrel. Than fucking dick height. Like, he, yeah, he's a moose. Well, all right. While we're, while we're speaking of odd and inappropriate junk things here, the very end, there's the, the what's his name? The guy there. He, like, grabs, he's thanking the FBI agent for her job, randomly oh. gets awkwardly close as he stops to turn around, and then adjusts himself awkwardly for like four seconds and then says what do you say like you did a good job or something like that yeah and like quietly it made me feel like she just gave him a blow job it seemed yeah it was yeah yeah you just did something yeah wholly inappropriate uh i felt very uncomfortable Yeah, that should go under the uh, moments that don't hold up. Speaking of those moments, um, when she was squirting that hose, or no, she was walking around with the hose and was like, hold hands and squirted it at the same time. I was like, was that subliminal messaging? It was an odd (laughs) choice to use your prop that way when you're saying things like suggestively to this guy that you're supposed to be seducing. Yeah. You can get out of prison. I was like, this is weird. I feel, you know, with the amount of in the lane of airplane that they were, there's a strong chance that that is, yeah, yeah, that is the direction they were going. And a kid wouldn't get it at all. My favorite part like, was just that it was it was like one of the sprayers that you would use to wash dishes. But she walked down like 25, 30 feet of sink. There was like a 25, 30 foot trough of sink, and she was she was just casually just walking down, making just spraying it in a line, not even hitting all of them, just just random spray at this thing. Like it was just it was uh, <laughs> it was wild. I think it was partly how they cut it too, because I think it was the same section of sink, but they kept like 
I don't know, filming her again, and it was, I don't know, it made it look longer than it was, I think. because so like I was trying to it? Yeah, because I was trying to watch that, because I did notice, like, it seems like this is a really long section. It's like growing. But, like, I think there were pots that were similar, and they, like, somehow overlaid the film, so it looked like they were just continuously walking. Which like, is... go to the close cuts of their face, and, like, looking sweetly at each other, and then back to them walking. Yeah. Which reminds me of the part where you could see that the glass was in the background. Oh, the mirror? Yeah, the mirror. The mirror was awesome. Um, with the row of... FBI to make workers? it look like there was more little yeah. minions sitting at their desk like doing their work. hallway, yeah. Yeah, you could clearly see that mirror line. That was that was not hidden well at all. I if think... It, if at all. <laughs> I feel like there is a, a, a romance that is lost watching anything on an HDTV. Yeah. It's yeah. just like... I have a really old kind of pixelated television and I don't ever want to upgrade because right now I'm in a perfect realm where everything is reasonably believable <laughs> and I like it that way. It's terrifying to see some of the, where there's just like every little, like there's the scene where they're in the Oval Office in the beginning doing like the breakdown on what's happening and they're explaining how the bad guys came in and you can feel the set. You can feel that you are a camera sitting up above. Like you can, you can just. It just, it's there. It's in the room because you. It's just the, There's too much clarity in the TV. Yeah. I also think the like set choices for that movie made it feel that way as well because they went yes. like very cartoony with everything. So like I think there's hard edges in cartoons. So like the sets all have these weird hard edges and like it feels closed in because they. It's like the cartoon mm. how they would have drawn it. Okay, so the second point I wrote down, which is right after this scene where they get pulled through the TV. I actually wrote it while we were in that scene. I said, the effects are not too bad. Because, like, that scene where they're pulling in and out of the TV, that's actually done pretty pretty well. Like, that effect was not bad. I wrote that down, too. I yeah. wrote CG not terrible when they were pulled out of the TV. When yeah. the agent went to put her hand in the TV to sign, too, like sign the document, it looked very good there. It like was, I imagine it would. Yeah. yeah. It was yeah. a great shot. The yeah. angle from inside the TV with her hand coming into it. Yeah. It was very well done. And that was actually, so I noticed it, but for a different reason where I was like, it's so hard to get lost in how good this moment is because the narrator won't stop explaining what's happening because they're still setting up the movie. Oh, the narrator does that throughout all Rocky and Bullwinkle. Just like, like forever. That? Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. So, like, for the most part, it just kind of blended into the background. But for whatever reason right there, I was like, dude, we get it. You don't have to break <laughs> it down. You don't have to make up these words to explain why this is possible. Yeah. We're going to believe it. It's a, it's like... It's why we're here. It's why we're here. It's why we're here. It's why we're here. You announcing it is actually kind of taking me out of this movie right now because you're, like, explaining the mechanics of why this cartoon can enter the human realm. And that effect goes well right until they actually come out of the TV. And then it's, like, the classic people flying through the air, flying through the air which is just the fucking worst thing you could do. Yeah, I did really enjoy how right afterwards the film canister is still spinning like it would in a cartoon, and it's just like until they stop that part. I was like, oh, that's oh, I clever. I didn't catch that. Oh yeah, it was really clever. I, I really enjoyed that part. There were a lot of little clever things that I enjoyed. Like so, overall, the movie. I guess I liked the amount of little things there were. I there were just a lot of little eggs. Yeah, just nice little fun eggs that you could just appreciate. Like I'm excited to watch. I think we should like in like six months, like come back and try to watch it again and see what we appreciate it more. I feel like it's one of those ones that you just end up enjoying all the little bad parts. Also, you see more stuff the next time you watch it, like little things you didn't notice the first time that you watched it. That always like, oh, I 
that even makes it funnier. That moment is now even better now that I notice this other part that adds to another layer. Like all of the signs that were naming the rivers and the bridges and stuff, like random things. What was that one? Like the river that you saw? Oh my God. I Crimea should've... River. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Crimea, Crimea River. Crimea. And I thought that was so funny that yeah. they would just like, you know, throw in those random things that like you wouldn't catch unless you're kind of looking for them a little bit. What about that sign that said fuck tunes, but it didn't say fuck. It had the little like ampersand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then yeah. Asterisk. That was a, uh, that one caught, I thought that was a good, I would, I almost didn't see that. That was, that was nice to see that one caught out at the anti-moose rally. That was, man, those college kids were bringing hate decades before their time. There yeah. was a sign in the crowd that said people, not pictures. I was like, oh my oh gosh. My God. Whoa. Very strong feelings. They nailed the hate really well. Like you could feel the energy of anger. <laughs> yeah. But they turned around so fast. Because he said nonsense. Do. That's a good director. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, just, that's just reality right there. That is true, I guess. Now, what about this underlying theme? Is the movie really just a zombie movie? And they used this old cartoon to kind of, like, set it up. Because that's really what's happening, is the villains are creating zombies. But because of all of these other bits that are happening, it's really hard to stay attached to the storyline that what we're actually fighting here is zombies. We are trying to stop the zombie invasion from happening. But they weren't zombies in that way. It was zombies, like... Your parents warn you when you watch too much TV, you know, because like... Because they didn't actually become, you know, bloodthirsty. It was just to get them to vote for the bad guy that I forget his name, the fearless leader. Yeah. Which, by the way, that dude would only be like president for like four years, so... He'd probably get eight. He probably would get eight. Well, he'd probably change the law. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so fictional that an evil man would like take control of a media conglomerate and then brainwash people to vote for him. It's crazy. It's <laughs> what a wild idea. <laughs> Is it? It's never been done. That was like the red scare. That was the whole idea that the commies were coming over here and they were going to take over like secretly get into our government. That yeah, that really there was still an underlying theme because we were talking about that before about like is it going to be like the Russians or anything communist? The repeated theme of america being the best and like where is america we're looking for america like it was that was uh, i mm. i'm um that was very interesting uh, that just kept coming up and i kind of thought there was gonna be more toward that at the end but it just it's just this thing that kept getting uh written in there that's true rocky and bullwinkle the cartoon had a lot of those themes of like america and freedom and they're the saviors of democracy by beating these russian spies and keeping them off our land like that was that was in the cartoons heavily by by the end of the movie i just was like i think it's really just a a pro voting movie i I think it's really just about (laughs) you should go you should go vote this is the rock the vote uh commercial from 2000s really yeah commercials were longer back then yes I love that they referenced Roger Rabbit. Oh, yeah. Which, going back, uh, we were talking about why they did such a terrible animation for Rocky and Bullwinkle. I wonder, is it because Roger Rabbit was like a drawn cartoon? I definitely felt maybe they were like, we don't want any imitation. Yeah, they didn't want to. Yeah, we don't want to step on toes. We don't want to be the next Roger Rabbit. Also in 2000, like, using CGI was like a big thing. Like, everyone wanted to try it. Everyone wanted to see what they could do with it. Like, it was very hot. And they didn't know exactly how to make it work perfectly yet. So you get Rocky and Bullwinkle. (laughs) I don't know. They went pretty. Godzilla came out. The Mummy was already out. 
And like the mummy is not the greatest CGI masterpiece, but it's a fucking lot better than Rocky and Bullwinkle. You're also using source material that is very cartoony. That's true. I mean, I guess maybe they should have stayed cartoons because they are cartoons. Yeah, the translation of that media is a little odd to the eye. Yeah, it wasn't good. I don't like that kind of animation. Which is Mm. funny because, like, all the costumes and stuff that they did, which was very cartoony, like the cartoon TNTs that Boris was throwing and, like, all their dead-end signs and stuff, like, those were very cartoony, but they looked nice. And they looked real. Yeah. 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 I wish they did something a little better, but it's weird because, like, if you look back, you're like, I remember when we watched that and we thought it looked really good. Yeah, I, I hate going back. I hate and that, let, too. And and we're going to do a lot of that on this podcast, probably. But, like, I hate that shit. That'll ruin a movie for me. Well, we're going to ruin a few. I feel it's the CGI that ruins it more than anything, to be honest. Oh, yeah. that's, mm-hmm. that's Yeah, the effects are, like, seeing how terrible. Yeah, well. Because it seemed believable in the time. Even our parents would be like, wow, that was pretty good. Well, you think about like when you played Grand Theft Auto San Andreas for the first time and you're like, oh my God, this was amazing. <laughs> and now you put it in now and you're like, oh, that Even, is He blocky. looks like a Lego. Yeah. That's tough to look Even at. Even before that, like N64, I remember being like, wow, this is so good looking. This is so real. And then like, just look around. And you're like, no, it's not. It's not real at all. Why? Why would I think that? I still love playing San Andreas. Oh, I'm not knocking I mean, that game. Oh, God, no. I still yeah, think the I free world is ahead of its time. But I just when you love... look at the graphics compared to what we are used to Graf- now. Yeah, I guess I don't know, the, the physics gra- is so good with like a bicycle. I just love getting on the bicycles and oh, riding God. around. That's all I did in that game. I couldn't ride the fucking bicycles in that game. That's why I never oh. played the game. I just ran around. I learned she, she, hates, I was like, she hates bikes I so much. Whoa. <laughs> I do. Terrible. Yeah, yeah, I, found, towards bikes. I found the cheat code so I could just spawn bikes. Ugh. I had the cheat code for like the motorcycle and the helicopter. We're off topic. We're yeah. way off topic. We should get yeah. We should have. We should make up some words, some keywords. Oh. <laughs> so for like the uh, for the soundtrack, I, I I found it really interesting. I guess the sound. So for the soundtrack, uh, overall forgetful. That was the one thing I wrote. <laughs> um, the the one thing that really stuck out though was which was, brings us back to good old John Goodman scene is the knockoff song they make of Bad Boys. It's not the Bad Boys theme song, but it's just a hair off, so they don't have to worry about licensing, and it's so good, and I really enjoyed that. When they did the cop segment, you mean? Yeah, the cop segment. Oh, I yeah, missed that. The, the uh, what they call it, not the cops. The made-up real cops or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Um, and then just like all the different sound effects they used, the cartoon noises, that was really cool. Uh, there were some parts where it was kind of awkward, but like for the most part, it was it was fun that they did that. Yeah. The yeah. elements of the story that, like, Bullwinkle being left this really important job and him being incompetent, like, that is so typical. I loved it at the very end that he's just flying the plane. Like, who would give this dumb moose a plane to fly? Well, oh. every moose knows how to fly a plane. Yeah, of course. Not, Not well. well. <laughs> Let's talk about all the people that were in it. Dude, so many people. Just, like, fucking everybody. I only started writing them down halfway through, but I got John Goodman. Keenan and Kel. I don't know the real names. Uh, Cousin no, Eddie. Keenan and Kel. Oh, Kel is that is? Real <laughs> yeah, you got it. You yeah. nailed it. I never really watched the show. They're a Nickelodeon. I didn't have that. Right? Wasn't it Nickelodeon? Yeah, and it was, yeah. I think, like a year or two older than us mm. by like just a hair. Billy Crystal was in it. Billy yeah. Crystal. Whoopi he, Goldberg. Cousin Eddie from Vacation. Christmas yes. Vacation. He was the like FBI director or whatever that uncomfortably. Dennis, Randy Quaid. Randy Quaid. Yeah, that yep. was Randy Quaid. Jeff Ross. 
Mm-hmm. AOL. <laughs> AOL made made a uh, oh you know what I wrote down. The internet is way too fast for 2000. Did you see how fast his email got sent and printed? Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. No way. All right. Did we see the fax machine built into the dashboard <laughs> of that <laughs> shitty Chrysler convertible that just popped out of nowhere, not referenced? And I was going, oh, right, because FBI. And then I was like, no, it's two college kids in like their shitty college car. Where is this fax coming from? What is happening? We actually should Google if... You could receive faxes to your car. And yes. here's here's my argument. You yes, can. you can. Yeah, you used to be able to. Oh. Here was my argument was gonna be fifty cent also references it in a song. Having a, a fax f- in having his a car? fax machine in his car. Yeah, because yeah. they used to have phone cars t- or car phones too. Yeah, my grandmother had one, but But you could have a fax machine on it. People still use those today. Aren't you yeah. supposed to be driving in the car? Well it was not back then. It there was, was the nineties. No rules. No one yeah. cared. Just like, oh, yeah, my fax came in. I better read it. It's really important. I had it sent to my car. Well, the hardest thing about Googling car fax machines is the website Carfax. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it does look like there are portable fax machines for your car. These are things that are still made. Why do people fax? I think what the biggest... <laughs> Wait, they're still made? People. This still is an article from November 2022. It's a... Top Ooh. 20 list, too. 20 best portable fax machine. Uh, the number one is the Simfax H5 High Speed. 33.6 thousand fax server autosave fax as PDF 100 users paperless fax machine. But why in your car? Why not? Are you a busy Email person? Me. Are you a busy, busy business <laughs> person on the go? Email me. I can't file an email. Also, in the car, the fax light came out between, like, pieces of the car. Like, it wasn't yeah, obviously yeah. that there was a fax <laughs> yeah. machine. It was just, like, a crease in the car, and then a paper came out. I, I think also, how did the college know that Rocky and Bullwinkle were with Keenan and Kel in their car at that time to send a fax to them? Because Boris and Natasha, weren't they following in the helicopter? So does that mean they know what the fax number is for this car? Yeah, they radioed it in, man. That's. I think they sent it out as like a government announcement. And like, apparently these college kids get those. They're regular subscribers to the government newsletter. <laughs> They're signed up for the .gov emails. Oh my God. They weren't surprised when the fax came in. They're like, it's for you. Of course you would get a fax in well, our car. Well, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Who wouldn't fax a moose? So some of the bigger actors and actresses are like Rene Russo, Jason Alexander, Randy Quaid, Robert De Niro, June Foray. Janine Garofalo, Carl Reiner, Jonathan Winters, John Goodman, Kenan Thompson, Kel Mitchell, David Allen Greer. See, I don't recognize all these names. Drenna De Niro? Coincidence? Nepotism. (laughs) Oh, no, they even spell it the same. Could be his daughter or something. Is that the girl that made the laser beam? Um, Does she have red hair? Or the little girl... Oh, yeah, the scientist little girl that somehow explained all the... Yeah, the little girl with the laser. Decart- no, cartoonification ray. Talking about her inner child. No, she's a former model oh. former model and DJ. Oh. Who huh. worked exclusively for Giorgio Armani as musical supervisor for stores and shows. They put on shows? Fashion Armani? shows, maybe? Yeah. That is the person. She was a RBTV lackey. It looks like we don't have any photos or quotes yet, so we need to record this person's history. 
after watching it again, I do think that Danny DeVito would have been a better Boris. I stand by that statement. I 100% agree. Yeah, I agree. I tried to like fight it in my mind. I was like, give him a chance. You know, I haven't seen it yet, but yeah, Danny DeVito would have fucking nailed that. I would have rather seen Danny DeVito uh, play the Velcro lady. With the light-up shoes. I think that overall it is really hard to not view this movie in a lens of, like, what if there were actually, like, different actors? This could have been so Mm. much better. Because they just made better choices. Even then, like, using who they did for Boris and Natasha seems like a weird, kind of a weird choice. I thought De Niro seemed like such a weird choice, too. There was, like, no chemistry between those three characters, like, at, at all. all. Yeah. It seems like it was, it was all names. They were, like, names, names, yeah. names. It yeah. wasn't done on chemistry. It was what's going to get eyeballs. And that's probably why it failed. Because a bunch of people probably saw it initially and was like, don't go. It looks like a bunch of producers got their hands on it. Yeah. And just yeah. said, this is what we want to see. Well, the, like, amount of cameos that they put in, like, that's obvious that producers are like, well, what if we threw this person in? Don't you think that would get a crowd? Like, yeah, they yeah. probably thought it needed it. And clearly yeah, that's where a lot of the money went. Whoopi yeah. Goldberg? Come on. John Goodman? If they remade Billy Crystal. It, yeah. Who, who would you guys like to see in different roles? I'd like to see uh, Andy Samberg be the fearless leader. Oh, wow. <gasps> or, or Steve Carell. Oh, Steve, oh, Carell, Steve Carell would Fantastic. nail it. He yeah. would be good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so for uh, Boris... Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito. Yeah. I yeah, can't still, think of still anyone Danny's better Danny. Danny. <laughs> yeah. Robert De Niro has definitely got to be the, the fearless leader. He is the fearless oh, leader. Oh, sorry. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Steve Carell. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Steve Carell would be a better fearless leader, I yeah. think. And then, and then we said uh, Jonah Hill is Boris. I'm sorry. You said Danny DeVito is Boris. <laughs> Danny DeVito is Boris. <laughs> I still think Mila Kunis would be a good Natasha. Yeah. That would be quite an age difference in those two characters then because they're supposed to be oh, kind of like Yeah, but she's older now. I thought oh, you wanted Mila Kunis to be the FBI agent. No, agent. Natasha. I think she'd do oh. a killer Natasha. Well, she is like Czech or something originally. She's Ukrainian. Yeah. yeah. See, I would rather have Mila, the other one. Oh, Yankovich or not? Yes. No, the one, we're the one from in, uh, Resident, Resident Evil. Yes. Evil. Yeah. yeah. Jehovnitz. Huh. Mila Jehovnitz, I think. Starts with a J. I think that she would be a, a great Natasha. Hmm. I could back up that nomination. I don't know who that is. She's the like vampire killer or whatever in Resident it's, Evil. I've there is not that. one chance that she has seen that movie. Nope. Well, I think I she's in other stuff. Game. She's like an action star. She's in a bunch of like, I'm a badass bitch. Hmm. So who would be the FBI agent then? These days... Lupita Nyong'o. Lupita Nyong'o would do a fantastic job. I'd be down with that. Yeah, I like her. I like her in everything she does. Yeah. Who is that? Um, she's uh, she's is, in Black Panther. She's T'Challa's girlfriend. She plays in a lot of. She's in a lot things. of things. I mean, she was. Her name sounds familiar, but I can't put. Maz Kanata or whatever her name is. Her. And shoot, did you see someone for Agent Symphony? Sympathy. 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 Um. No, I didn't. Like, feel bad for this character. They did that a lot, where they were naming people, like, the the way you were supposed to feel about them. Wasn't there someone who was, like, just, like, dumb? Well, they had very obvious names, like, really bad TV. Like, yeah. there's no imagination to that. <laughs> yeah. There wasn't That's much. <laughs> yeah. Um, who should have played Rocky? You know, I wrote down, I thought. Rocket the... Raccoon. Oh, my God, Bradley <laughs> oh, Cooper. Yeah. 
I thought Rocky's voice sounded true to the cartoons, but I didn't think Bullwinkles did. No, like Bullwinkles it sounded was like he perfect. was trying too hard to sound like Bullwinkles. Too goofy, like right, like just too yeah. much, too know. stupid. I that's like I when think. you hear Mickey's voice nowadays in like the newer cartoons. Like it's not quite right. It's like almost there. It passes, yeah. but it does feel a little strange. Yeah, yeah. I like SpongeBob. But I think they did good with Rocky's voice. I thought yeah, he Rocky sounded, sounded fine. As I remembered. Very true. Definitely like brought back nostalgic yeah. feelings for sure. And they did a better job with the animation on Rocky than Bullwinkle. Yeah. Bullwinkle, they, they messed up. He's a moose. It's hard, I guess. But like, I don't know. They could have done something. His middle part needed a lot of work. Yeah. I think I would leave. What Quaid is it? Randy. Randy, Randy. Randy Quaid. I think I'd leave him as the head of the FBI. Yeah, that was a good... I liked him in that. I would take out that scene where he adjusts his belt awkwardly yeah. in front of sympathy. Yeah, 100%. So We've, unnecessary. Just, like, completely. And unnatural. They like, could have just let... So weird. He walks away. Yeah. It was so unneeded. I felt like they, like, filmed that scene, and then the director's like, can we do another one where you're... Make her uncomfortable? Would that be cool with you? <laughs> Hey, man, did you want to play with your junk in that scene instead? Why don't you do that real quick? Let's see how that looks. Oh, perfect. Try to, like, look like you're feeling more natural. Yeah, we just, we were looking for a more natural feeling. Hey, what do you usually do when you talk to women? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, all right. Yeah, that's normal, right? Anybody else ever talk to a woman? No? Cool. Let's leave that in. At the very end of the movie, too, it felt very strange. Yeah. Out of the blue. Yeah. So unnecessary. It was a very just, boop, it's over. Yeah. Ending, too. It's just like, okay, we're done. You're like, oh, all right, all right. The cartoons were like that, too, where, like, you get to the last, like, two minutes and, like, everything wasn't resolved yet, and then they would quickly wrap everything up and make the heroes win. Yeah. Yep. That's awesome. Yeah, definitely. I still feel like I should have watched some of the animated before just to get a remember some of what that felt like overall this movie is very weird there was there was not like too much of a romance story the action there actually was no real action nobody pulled a trigger no one like the most is she bonked two people's heads together and bullwinkle tossed two people i mean it was kind of actiony in the spy scene where she was sneaking into the whatever yeah but then she closes the door and says one minute please and closes it and nobody opens that door again well, also the scene where she breaks in and she's the only one with a gun and all these dudes are just standing around with their hands up in the air. Like, you're all supposed to be evil doers. You don't have one gun between you. She's mm. the only one with a gun. Not a thing. Not she didn't thing. shoot it once, I don't think. Nope. The romance between the two villain people there. Oh, I Natasha forgot that. And Boris. Natasha and Boris. Natasha and Boris. That was the romance story. Didn't see that coming. Sympathy in the cup. Oh, they're together in the cartoon. Well, I think they're married I, in the cartoon. I just didn't think it was going to be the, to that level where they're all, they're just all, all of a sudden you really feel like the whole movie's about to break down. They're just going to leave. Right. They're going to elope and have their babies together. And then their boss calls and he's just like, oh, glad, glad that didn't happen. <laughs> Whoa, that was close. He looks at the dog and goes, that was a close one as he grabs his phone. Like, oh, that was an odd touching moment you just took away. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, whole, that whole thing made me smile. That was fun. It was a fun walkthrough that she did, that whole little story. Um, man, <laughs> it's so fun. I'm reading, like, my final conclusion paragraph that I wrote, and it's it's brutal. Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> was it, anybody have any other points before we get to the final conclusion? No, I just have my rating left. Yeah, okay. me too. All right, Tim, what's your final conclusion? I wrote, 
This movie is an odd accumulation of half-cooked jokes with some bangers mixed in. It's hard to hold on to why they're escaping the bad guys. Characters pop through the screen to say a random line to fill time and are never seen again. I don't understand how this movie got made. So what's your rating? I don't have one because I haven't thought of a system yet. So I'm not, I'm just unsure yet. Right now I'd have to say like two partially bitten flapjacks that are are soaked and artificial. The fake, the fake syrup. Mm. Yeah. Gross. So you're like, I guess like if I poke at it, I could find a spot that I'd want to eat again. But otherwise I think I'm just going to kind of, I'm done. That seems pretty harsh. Yeah, that was a scathing review. Yeah. He did say that. It wasn't kind. Well, no. It was no, it was not at all. Uh, I just have why would De Niro do this? <laughs> is my conclusion, and I give it 2 out of 5 stars. Hmm. I had a fun time. I'm a big Rocky and Bullwinkle fan, so I didn't mind the the stupidity of it. I would enjoy watching this again in 10 years, probably. You know, not with a younger person because they wouldn't find it funny. But by myself, I think I could watch it again. I'm going to give it um, one hand, three fingers, two that have been blown off by a uh, M80. Three fingers out of five. Going to give it a three finger gel. Yep. All right. Yeah. So, like, I didn't hate it. I would definitely watch it again. But I think as far as, like, from a critical look, I was, like, there was just a lot of things that were hard to look past. But... I, w- I enjoyed the watching the viewing experience. Yeah, critically, I understand why this movie did not do well or perform or yeah. make, make any money. But I had fun. I agree. I had a fun time. I really enjoy the cartoon that's the source material. So maybe I enjoyed it a little bit more because of that. Um, but I thought the puns were funny. This is a typical early 2000 movie. And I think it accomplished what it was supposed to be, which was like a family-friendly movie. And I think it did that. Um, my rating is six out of ten cartoon TNT bombs. <laughs> oh, nice. My rating is a smiley face and two half-eaten flapjacks. That is my official rating. Okay, I accept it. Cool. <laughs> it's my episode, so I get to accept the ratings, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what's the next movie we're watching? We're going to be watching A Muppet Family Christmas. Fuck Yes. Thank you for listening to Paramnesia Theater. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a rating and follow us on Instagram at paramnesia underscore theater. If you have any feedback you'd like to provide, send us an email at paramnesiatheater at gmail.com. And remember, support your local drive-in. Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater.